0: Ladies and gentlemen welcome to the next episode of the Zach Johnston podcast today I'm going to be joined by my first guest during the Celtics segment so the first section of the pod today we're going to be going over the Bruins and the Patriots it's a small part and the second part will be the longest part we're going to be joined by a guest during the Celtics segment and I'm going to be going over a long list and a long rant on the Boston Red Sox so without further ado let's jump Right into our first part, going over the Boston Bruins. The Bruins play tomorrow uh, against the Winnipeg Jets at Winnipeg. The Bruins last night lost to the Minnesota Wild uh, on national television. The Bruins looked a little sluggish and could not stop Kirill Kaprizov, who had two goals. Ryan Hartman netted the empty netter. I'm not sure. Who's, I can't remember who scored the third goal from Minnesota, um, but the Bruins had goals from Smith. And Marchand they both scored. Uh, and, you know, the Bruins, just they just could not keep up with the star power um, that Minnesota has, and they'll look to bounce back against the Winnipeg Jets. Um, tomorrow, as the trade deadline ears closer, the, the Bruins will look to add to their left defense um, as they uh, have been reportedly looking for left-handed defensemen. That'll do it pretty much for the Bruins. Um, I think that um, Omar will most likely be in net against Winnipeg, and Bergeron. I think he's out for four games to prevent some sort of infection in his arm. I heard. Um, Tomasz Nosek get, got to start at uh, first line center last evening, um, and I don't think he did too much. He may have assisted on. I don't no, I don't think he assisted on the Marchand goal, but that'll do it. About uh, that'll be about it for the Bruins. Uh, They'll hope for a bounce back against the Winnipeg Jets tomorrow with Linus O'Mark most likely in net. Now the New England Patriots. I've gone over this before. They've lost a lot of pieces, right? They've lost um, J.C. Jackson, Ted Karras. Most likely they're losing Trent Brown. Jakob Johnson signed with the Las Vegas Raiders. And Gunnar Olszewski is non tendered So he's most likely leaving, and a place I could definitely see him going, is the Las Vegas Raiders. Players love to go to old coordinators, and that is an example already. Jakob Johnson, Patriots fullback, going to the Las Vegas Raiders with Josh McDaniels. However, J.C. Jackson is worth every penny for the Los Angeles Chargers. Bill Belichick brought J.C. Jackson in as an undrafted free agent, and now he got gets the big bucks. J.C. Jackson, I'm assuming, is was going to sign the most expensive contract he could because he feels he should be paid the way he should be paid, being Mr. INT. The Patriots weren't willing to pay him, so he was going to go get the most money he could. And I agree with his decision. The Patriots weren't going to pay him that money. They'll go find some other guy to do his job. They're not going to pay all that money. They've, they've never done a thing like that. He's an undrafted free agent. Will he perform the same in L.A.? We'll never know. We'll never know until it happens. And another thing I would like to touch upon, the Patriots are out on Allen Robinson as he's signed with the Los Angeles Rams and are out on DJ Chark as he has signed with the Detroit Lions. Every single thing Patriots fans Want in this offseason have just turned away, right? Everyone's begging for a GC Jackson extension, signs with the Chargers, right? People are begging for Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, DJ Chark, Rams, uh, Rams, Browns, and uh, Lions. So maybe, I don't know, Patriots fans, fan base, let's not get our hopes up, right? The wide receivers are the last of our needs. Okay, that's not true. Last of our desires, needs. I I can't really think of it. But I think the Patriots fans should be more more worried about how the linebacker situation will look, how the cornerback situation will look, and how the offensive line situation will look without Trent Brown, J.C. Jackson. I've named all the guys already. They've lost a lot, and they're probably going to lose more with a huge special teams guy leaving in, in, in Gunnar Olszewski who I could see going wherever Joe Judge went. I don't remember what Joe Judge went. Or the Raiders with Josh McDaniels. Oh, Joe Judge came back to New England. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. So, yeah, I, I could see him going to Las Vegas to play with the Raiders. Um, Another thing that I would like to touch upon before I move on is that one, uh, two years ago today, the Patriots fans around the world – I'm actually not sure if it was on this particular date, but it was on St. Patrick's Day of 2020. The Patriots lost Tom Brady. Tom Brady had delivered the Patriots six Super Bowls, and fans still weren't satisfied. And I think he definitely left a sour taste in Patriots fans' mouths, including mine, with the pick six to Logan Ryan to end his career in New England in the AFC wildcard game against the Tennessee Titans. Definitely a tough way to end it. Um, and he definitely did not go out on the best terms in New England, and that's not how he wanted to end his career. And he felt a change of scenery was the best, and he went to Tampa Bay and won a Super Bowl, and then retired, and then unretired. retired Tom Brady is absolutely – its a, everything is crazy when you think of him because everything is just so unpredictable. You never know what the next thing Tom Brady could do is. Right. He's just an unbelievable dude. Right. And 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 that also comes with a lot of, um, I don't know. I would never see Tom Brady doing unspeakable acts that result in hatred. Um, besides just salty Boston, New England fans salty about his departure. I'm talking like bad, bad stuff. You know that you know the stuff. I can never see him doing stuff like that. That's why he's so likable. That's why, you know, he was my one of my heroes growing up. He's a great guy and a great football player. And that's how Bill Belichick has described him multiple times. A great guy and a great football player. But the Patriots, you know, they hurt without Brady. They went 7-9 with Cam Newton as their starting quarterback. Did make the playoffs with Mac Jones. But without Brady, the team lost a lot of their uh, fame. They lost their number one leader. They lost their best player. Um, they lost a lot. They definitely lost a lot. Um, and the Patriots didn't get much out of it. Obviously, he was a free agent. It's not like they traded him to Tampa Bay for fifth-round pick like the Patriots traded Shaq Mason. Another big loss I didn't mention is Shaq Mason. I completely forgot to mention that. Um, so he went out on his own terms and he's now making big bucks in Tampa Bay and winning Super Bowls. Um but you know the obviously the Patriots didn't get a lot out of it except for pain. Um and being so close, so close to beating Tom Brady on Sunday Night Football in the rain and the wind. In a game where the Patriots defense was excellent. They stopped Tom Brady And the Patriots were so close to winning. That field goal was tough from Nick Folk. I wasn't expecting it to go in. I was surprised the Patriots ended up going going for it. Bill had the faith in Nick Folk, and he just missed it. It was a tough kick, but I believe it was the right decision to try to kick that field goal in hindsight. To stick back to the topic, the Patriots without Tom Brady, they took a hit, and they definitely... They say suffered without Tom Brady going seven to nine with Cam Newton, Cam Newton getting benched multiple times throughout the year for Jarrett Stidham, and just you know now without Gronk, Brady, and Anelman, uh, I feel like the childhood core that I grew up with with the New England Patriots, the six time Super Bowl, I didn't I got to watch three of those Super Bowls while I was alive. Um, they're gone. Think about it. It's sad to think about that all this success, it's a new era in New England, but it's sad to see all this success go. And I end this Patriots segment with, it's time for a new era. Don't expect everything. All right? We're glad, we need to be happy that Bill is still sticking around and hasn't retired yet. Patriots fans need to be grateful for what they have and and embark on a new era. And so without further ado, I'm going to be bringing in my first guest of the Zach Johnston podcast. Um, He is one of my best friends. Um, He is very knowledgeable in the sport of basketball. We're going to be talking about the Boston Celtics and what they need to do to continue to be a top five team in the league and championship contenders. I'm going to be ringing in, Nate Vidaro, who has also been on Sports Talk Central, I'm going to be ringing him in right now, and we're going to be talking about the Boston Celtics. There he is, Nate Vidaro on the pod now on the Zach Johnston podcast. First guest here. Um, first question. This isn't really going to be a questionnaire, but I'm going over the top of it again. And basically, hear your blueprints and kind of just a rough draft, the gist of what the Celtics have to do to keep their success going. To be honest, right now, I mean, they're on a a really hot streak. I mean, they're winning a lot of games. Um, Smart is playing great defense. He's just making winning plays.
1: Tatum, he's been going crazy had a 50-game. He's been dropping a lot of 40 games. He's been outstanding. Then you got Jalen Brown, being Jalen Brown, um, Robert Williams, Lob City finisher. Uh, oh my. And then there's just like the bench. I mean, Derek White, he has struggled a little bit from shooting the past couple of games, but he's been a very good addition to the team since he came, and he has made what he plays as well.
0: He is definitely a great leader, and acquiring him at the deadline was a very underrated move throughout the league, and a move I felt was an overpay. I believe it was Josh Richardson and a first for Derek White. I didn't know much about Derek White, uh, but now I do. Uh, sticking with the topic, um, the other moves the Celtics made at the deadline, and this is something I think I mentioned in the first podcast, the Red Sox, I know you don't know much about baseball, but the Red Sox were really bad. Uh, after the trade deadline last season, and the Celtics are doing the exact opposite. How do you think uh, acquiring Daniel Tice back um, as well as Derek White, do do you think that's the reason, one of the sole reasons why this team is doing so well? No.
1: Daniel Tice, no. Um,
0: Who'd they trade for Derek White? Josh Richardson in a first. Josh Richardson was pretty good. Um,
1: but obviously we weren't winning games. I wouldn't say it's solely on players being acquired. I think it's more of I think maybe just the plays they're running, the game plan, the coaching probably got a lot better. The team chemistry has probably gone a lot better since the deadline. Um the players probably really motivated to make a push to the playoffs. Derek White, of course, you said good leader. Um I think the team just really is – I mean, the chemistry is good
0: between them. So, like, they're starting to, like, be a team that can really show teamwork and facilitate the ball to set up good opportunities on offense and right. you can also get back and play good defense, which is what you need, everything you need in basketball. Right. Eme Adoka has definitely blossomed uh, into a Coach of the Year candidate. And from what I've watched this season, it, this is his team, right? Brad Stevens gave him the keys to run this 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 team coaching wise, obviously. Um, but he's done a fantastic job this second half so far. The Celtics have surpassed the Bulls in the standings, which I did not think would happen after that collapse they had against them earlier in the season. Uh, but now this team basically lies on the shoulders. Of Jason Tatum Jalen Brown and Robert Williams but one guy nobody's really talking about is the return of Al Horford Horford has seen through the whole Kyrie issue and he is a league veteran who's probably probably waking, making way too much money but Al Horford here's what I think about
1: I think Al Horford started off the season great. I think he's gotten worse as the season gone on. I don't know if that's because he's just not getting as many shots, but I just feel like he's not been as like much of a threat as he was at the beginning of the season.
0: as As a player, team he team at, team. I think as a player, he doesn't bring anything super valuable to the uh, to the to the to the playing aspect. With the leadership, and getting chemistry up, and helping Ime Odoka realize how talented this team is—definitely that lies on the shoulders of Al Horford, who I, I, well, think, I think. Al Horford is a great leader, but
1: I don't think he's a guy that you can put into the conversation of
0: Jason Kidd and Jalen Brown. oh, oh no, no. This team. Right, I just think he's an underrated aspect of why this team is doing so good, and nobody's really talking about him. Are the Celtics obviously, statistically, the best defensive team in the NFL and the, and the NBA, how can they keep this up? And, and, and my second question, the second big topic, how are the Celtics going to continue to be on this rise of, you know, media calling them a top-five team, and they blew out the Warriors too. They handed them a big L. And well, d- First of all, with that
1: Warriors team, what I don't like is after the game, Social media, not being on on the Celtics side, I feel like I don't mean to call out Warriors fans or like people who like Steph Curry because I'm, I'm not like a, a hurt hater or whatever. I just feel like there's way way too many people that are like way too worried about this injury. I know it's a bad injury, and I'm, I'm like I don't like to see any players get injured. Like that's a bad thing. Exactly. Exactly. I hope, hope Steph gets better quickly. I don't think he's out for very long, but. When Marcus smart, he dove for a loose ball, and then everybody, I mean, I know he's not very bright with his basketball knowledge, but but let's take Flight Reacts, for example. Um, he, I was watching this video, he said, this is a dirty play, or whatever, but like, okay, yeah, that's Flight. I mean, like, you can have some, a lot of people, like, say, okay with his takes, but I also looked on, like, social media. Everyone's talking about how this is a dirty play, and even Steve Kerr went up to Marcus Smart and was not at Marcus Smart. I understand it's a star player that got injured, but just because another player got, like, a star player injured doesn't mean it's their fault. That was a good play by Smart. He was hustling to the ball. He dove
0: to the ground. That's what he does. He's a team player. He's a hustler. He's a great defender. Unlucky situation for Steph. But what what you were saying about defense, Is back to Marcus Smart. I think uh, Marcus Smart is definitely a guy that can lead defense. He is probably the best defender on the team.
1: Um, And then you got Robert Williams. Who's a menace. Who can just like, you put up a shot near him, it's getting blocked. Like, he isn't like huge, like height wise, but like his wingspan and his hops,
0: insane. He takes control, and that's what I love about Robert Williams. And to think that this team was scared to give him a chance right? This team last year would consistently roll out a starting five, uh, I believe, of Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Daniel Tice. Or when Kemba was out, because he's cardiac arrest Kemba, it would be Smart, Brown, Tatum, Thompson, and Tice. They never, they did not give Robert Williams a chance last year. No, But I will say
1: he is going to keep progressing.
0: Exactly. That's exactly what they mean.
1: about this. Robert Williams right now, at the pace that he's going at, if Robert Williams can get his jump shot together, it's over. It's yeah. over. If, if Robert Williams can put up, I don't even know, how, much, how many more points per game, whatever. If he can hit jump shots consistently and just – set up more scoring opportunities for the celtics think about that that's a that's a jason tatum jalen brown marcus smart uh who would run power forward al horford. al horford al horford al horford and then um a shooting robert williams look at that big look at that five look that's that scary party. that's that's same. and then you got the bench you got. I'm not saying all these guys are going to stay on the team, like for sure next season. But then
0: you got the goat, Grant Williams. Right. You got Derek White. Yep. It, it, it's, it's good. Like, yeah. Don't forget about the possibility of this. Uh, Jason Tatum's old friend Bradley Beal. He is a free agent. Oh my! Think about that. That, that that's a big four. That's a big five. I, it's it's definitely it's definitely a big five, um. Marcus Smart, a great defender. Bradley Beal, all around great player, excellent shooter. Jason Tatum, all around player, excellent defender. Jalen Brown, a great shooter. Al uh, Robert Williams, one of the best defenders in the league. That it doesn't get better than that. I think this team that team would have so much chemistry and they get along so well. Unlike the Brooklyn Nets, the Nets their whole issue. I called it from the beginning it wasn't going to work. I called well, that whole thing well, from the beginning. Because I, I do remember last season you said that Kevin Durant was going to win it, the
1: team. And that, that big three was deadly. And now the big three is not even together anymore. And now the Nets are falling Park because they be in the East. Right. When you, have, when you have a big three, like James Harden, Kyrie, and Durant, I know Harden is on the team anymore. But that doesn't mean that they weren't any better Right to win Harden the team. The thing with them… They did not play
0: many games together. They were no, they played great. like 13 games as a big I. three. Kyrie had this thing where he, was, he couldn't play home
1: games. They never played together. Because of that, they had no chemistry, so when they did play together, they didn't shine to where they needed to be. And that big three was just – like, think about what it could have been if it all worked out. Yeah. They would have won the championship last year. Yeah. Just like I think I – think i I'm not saying this okay. so the Celtics. Right? I a lot of people are saying first round exits for the Celtics if they finish
0: with the 5th seed which they're at right now they play the 6th seed who, Cavs.
1: who the sixth? Cavaliers Cavaliers So if you look at the Cavaliers obviously you have got Darius Garland let's think of that matchup Smart versus Garland I think Smart can contest Garland pretty well Mhm I think I think to so Darius Garland obviously like I think what his rookie season or something? He was statistically like one of the worst players in the league or something. Everybody hated is, him, and now he's a now he's a starter, or not a starter, an all star mm-hmm. that is putting up twenty plus points per game. I think around ten assists per game. I mean, he's he's shining. And then you got um Jared Allen. I mean,
0: he's he's pretty good. He's and a like, big he's, man. He's I'll he's tell, tell you. The Cavaliers, um, can put a good fight, but with how our team is playing, if they
1: keep playing how they are, Cavaliers have no chance. No. I think Celtics in five or six against. Yeah. Cavaliers with the, a strong take, but I do think it's possible. And then I do think the Celtics are title contenders, but I don't, I don't know how strong I feel about that.
0: Yeah, um, if I had to put them in a tier, I'd say they're probably a B tier title contender. Um, and and that's probably you know they they they're, they're, they're going to have obstacles. I I said before they have obstacles to try to get around including the warriors they handled, the grizzlies they handled, the jazz I don't remember. Um the bucks I they've handled this year. Uh the Suns they handled this year. I, I remember them beating them. Um the Suns are my title favorite by the way. I keep in mind they beat all these teams, but cannot beat the Pistons. Oh, the Pistons are their kryptonite. If the Pistons somehow make the playoffs, we are Press. in a tough spot. Press are not letting go. Kelly Olynyk.
1: Kelly Olynyk.
0: Kelly Olynyk will... Okay. So, Zach. <laughs> yes. I want to... I know this is not Celtics' topic, but I want to discuss with you about this trade that has just gone on in the NFL. This just happened? I have my notifications off. Devontae Adams. No, no, you're kidding. I'm not kidding. Okay. Devontae Adams just got traded to the Raiders for picks. Are you... I'm looking this up. There's no way. I'm not joking. It's everywhere. Devontae Adams... Packers trading Pro Bowl wide receiver Devontae Adams to Raiders? Are you serious? Two prime 2022 picks. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers was aware of trade talks surrounding Devontae Adams in recent days before the blockbuster deal was completed for sources. It appeared the deal was dead Wednesday. He came back to life and now Adams is about to join Derek Carr and the Raiders. Why couldn't this happen when Josh McDaniels was in New England? Jakob Johnson and 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 Devontae Adams. Deadly duo. But what are the Packers gonna do? Equanemia St. Brown. Huge part that uh Rogers to the Colts. Okay. The Packers are
1: might be like <laughs> If Rodgers leaves,
0: they got Jordan Love. Who's their best receiver right now? Uh b- Alan Lazard. Um Marquez Veldez Scantling. Um, <laughs> Equinemius Saint Brown, Randall Cobb.
1: Oh. Okay, but now you have these picks. Um, I mean, you could draft a receiver. They have to. They don't draft a receiver. Drake London. Drake London. Um, I don't know. Wow. And there's so many. There's so many things happening. Yeah. I mean, with like receivers, especially. Um. What Jarvis Landry got released. Allen Robinson's going
0: to L.A. Um, Devontae Adams is going to Las Vegas. Right. Um, Damari Cooper to the Browns. Now the Browns are going to have quarterback issues too. Okay, so on Anchor.com, um, you can only record up to 30 minutes uh, in your web browser. Oh, wait, no, never mind. I can, I can never mind. Keep going.
1: Teams out there that are falling apart. Yep. The Dallas Cowboys. Now oh boy, alright. I'm a Cowboys fan, but I love to make fun of my own team. I'm not an annoying
0: Cowboys fan. That's as the start year. I think we're awful. Awful. But You get you guys did get Michael I Gallup know. though, besides my expectations.
1: He's yeah. signed Michael Gallup. But what I hate is that um Prescott wanted like players. He, he wanted the Cowboys to make like a push and they didn't.
0: The Cowboys would be like the craziest team in the league with Devontae Adams. I'm just saying that out there. Alright. I'm going to list uh I'm gonna go on a Red Sox rant. Um so thank you for joining. Um anybody interested, reach out. Um to join this podcast, basically an example of what's going to happen. And anything you're interested in talking about on the podcast, you let me know. I will talk to you later, Nate. Thank you for joining on the podcast. All right, so after all that, I'm I'm amazed that Devontae Adams was traded. And I'm just going to fact check this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he gets paid five years, $141.25 million. That is crazy. Holy crap. That is insane. All right, now I'm going on a Red Sox rant, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. By rant, I mean there's a list I have to go over and I may try to fit it in a, in a little 2 minute in a little 2 minutes here. Um because or maybe 1 minute because it can only let me record 30 minutes on the web browser. And if I and if I can't then I'm not going to rush it. The Red Sox the time is ticking. I have a list of just four free agents that I am dying to see Hein Bloom sign. Just four. Just four free agents. And and if he can make this work, I uh, I will be crazily amazed. I don't know how much money this is going to cost, but these are my remaining free agent signings that would just be a dream. Trevor Story as our starting second baseman. Nick Castellanos as a starting outfielder. Jorge Soler as a power bat. And Craig Kimbrell as our closer. After mentioning those names, I have done the liberty of mocking up a dream roster. With Paxton and Sale on the IL. A starting rotation. A little iffy. But we're looking at Nate Avaldi, Nick Pavetta, Rich Hill, Tanner Houck, and Michael Waka. um, with Paxton. And when Paxton and Sale come back, I think it's looking like Sale, Avaldi, Paxton, Pavetta, Houck, and Waka and Hill to the bullpen. Speaking of the bullpen, run this through real quick, a quick going through relievers, then two setups, then a closer. Right. So we got Ryan Brazier, Austin Davis. Hirokazu Sawamura, Darwinson Hernandez, Jake Dykeman, Matt Strom, Josh Taylor, Matt Barnes as a setup, Garrett Woodlock as a setup, Craig Kimbrell as the closer. If, if Kimbrell comes back as the closer, my dreams will be fulfilled. I want him back so bad. And even if he flops, we have other options. If we have other options. It would be crazy. What a starting lineup would look like in my dream Fantasy. And I know I'm going to go over this, and none of this is going to happen. But Kike batting leadoff, playing center field. Trevor Story, hitting second, playing second. Xander Bogarts, hitting third, playing shortstop. Rafael Devers, playing third, hitting cleanup. Nick Castellanos, playing right field, hitting fifth. J.D. Martinez, designated hitter, hitting sixth. Alex Verdugo, playing left field, hitting seventh. Bobby Delbeck, playing first base, hitting eighth. Christian Vasquez catching, hitting ninth. And the bench would be Kevin Plowecki, Jaron Duran, and Jorge Soler. Soler would platoon. Not platoon, but he could play anywhere. Uh, It would either be DH or outfield, depending on, you know, this is a really good lineup. But let's say Story gets the start at first base. Delbet comes out. um, Story gets the start at first. Kike plays second. Solaire plays right, Castellanos plays center, or Verdugo plays center, anything happens like that. Solaire basically gives us another Kyle Schwarber. Um, and Nick Castellanos gives us a, a stud outfielder. I would love to see Nick Castellanos. If I want if I wanted the Red Sox to sign anybody right now off the market, it's Nick Castellanos. Case closed. In my, in my rankings, by who I want to sign the most, I'm going Castellanos one. Kimbrel two, Story three, Solaire four. Story would be the starting second baseman. Castellanos, oh, I forgot about Arroyo. Arroyo's on the bench too. I forgot about Arroyo. Um. Anyway, I I, I think Story would be the starting second baseman. Castellanos would be in the outfield. And Jorge, Jorge Solaire would be kind of fulfilling the role of what Kyle Schwarber did. It would be crazy to see all these guys come in. Even if we get just one of them. I want just one of those guys. That's about it. The Red Sox need to do something. They lost on Freeman. They didn't get Rizzo. I don't even think they were in talks to get Rizzo. They're in the mix with Story. Nobody's talking about Castellanos. Nobody's talking about Soler. I'm assuming they're in the mix for a Craig Kimbrel return. That would be great to get another solidified guy in the pen. So, to wrap this up, um the Bruins play the Jets tomorrow. Omar gets the start. The Patriots out on Allen Robinson and they're just not making a lot of offensive moves and they have a lot of holes to fill. The Celtics um are surging and the Red Sox have a lot of work to do. Thank you for tuning in to the to the latest episode of the Zach
1: Johnston podcast. I will see you all in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in.